evening, everybody. Welcome back to Smash and Grab Comics. I am the not self-proclaimed pretty boy of comics. You that are, a, uh, John. You are the pretty boy of comics. Oh, okay. I mean, All don't right. don't sell yourself short. Your <laughs> raw animal magnetism is just like no it's, other. I know it, it's it's utterly sexy. Uh huh. It truly is. Well, yeah. I mean, considering uh, most comic book uh, collectors are. You know, like um, the guys on Big Bang Theory. Um, And so, you know, guys like us, we make, you know, we make the comic industry look good, you know? Yeah, damn right. The difference between you and me is I make this look good. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, it's been a little while since we've actually had like a regular episode where we've actually talked about um, comic books. You know, last week we had our guest... Um, I think a lot of people really enjoyed that. I think um, having someone on that has worked in the comic industry and not as like a huge name, but more as just a workhorse, you know, um, gave a nice insight into what the comic industry is actually like. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it was really, really cool to speak with him and it was really really awesome that he took the time out of his day and i mean he stayed up so late just to speak with us here in america and he lives in london yeah uh, so really really huge thank you goes out to prentice rollins um a very 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 uh intelligent human being a talented individual yes and for just sure. a just a nice guy yeah you know he um he sent me a message you know thanking me for letting him on the show and again i'm just going uh, <laughs> dude like, no 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 no, no. You. you're, you're uh, doing us a favor you know yes absolutely uh, uh so anyway salt of the earth great guy um i can't wait to see uh this comic book coming out on july 10th is his new graphic novel yeah i'm excited too um definitely gonna be something that i look into something that I, something that i order and um uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, even the yeah. title, the, the if you didn't hear that episode, the the graphic novel is called The Furnace. Even that title just sounds kind of uh, dark, you know? I like it. Yeah, it's straight up our alley for sure, and he does sci-fi, and we love sci-fi, so yep. yeah, it's going to be awesome. For sure. I just ate like a whole bunch of M&Ms, and I'm kind of burping them up right now. <laughs> Burp up M&Ms? <laughs> I don't know, but they're, I'm burping a little bit, and they're coming, coming up. Gross. I know. Okay. So, John, what did you read this week? You're a disgusting person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what did you read? The books that I the books that I read this week, I did read Death and Glory. I did get a chance to read it, so I had to give it up uh, just because there was a situation where my copy was needed, and uh, I've got another copy coming, but I did get a chance to read it. I also read Walking Dead 179, of course. Yeah. You know, I got to stick with my Walking Dead stuff. Yep. And then uh, Coda was the, the big surprise this week from Boom Studios. Uh, that's C-O-D-A, Coda, from Simon Spurrier and Mateus Bagara. I really liked it. It was, uh, well, it was the, main char- the main character, I did not like the way he, I did not like the way he looked. I thought, I thought he looked dumb, the hair. No, I, I liked, I, I didn't like him at first in terms of the way he looked. Yeah. But, um. I liked, uh, I liked the way he looked, or I guess I, he grew on me is what I'm trying to get at. He grew on me in terms of his look. So I understand where you're coming from. I think but, it's just uh, the, the hair, uh, super long on one side. And it, it was just a strange look for a character very, in this yeah, comic book. He's very emo. 
Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, so, but everything else about this book, it is so nice. The cover is not the standard comic book cover. Uh, it's a little bit thicker. The pages, you know, nice glossy pages. The artwork is just top notch in this, you know, except for, like I said, uh, the main character, but that's just mainly a design, um, choice and not necessarily their artistic talent. Right. Um, but got And then not to mention the story was cool. Yeah. Um, just to kind of give an overview, it's a little tougher since uh, Tyler and I are not in the same room. We're doing this by phone. Yeah. So it's not going to be as great as our standard show where we get super crazy into it. But uh, I think the world building is here is really cool. I wasn't sold on like the first couple story pages. I was like, what the hell am I reading? Like, uh-huh. am I really going to, am I really even going to like this? And right. then I kept going. And then about like, I think like not page 10, I was like, all right, you know, I like this guy. He's just, He's been living in this crazy world where it was our world, it was Earth, yeah. But then something has happened to what make it uh, magical. And, and the magical, magical part was like a long time ago. It sounds like you know. Yeah, it's some type of magical dystopian thing. So something happened, and magic has erupted, and uh, he's just become been kind of living off of the Earth and living. <laughs> And surviving for sure, and uh, all sorts of magical creatures. He he rides a unicorn. Um, <laughs> I like how one of my favorite things is not just like magic is magic. Magic has like pure essence, and then there's like diluted crap magic. Yes, and he's been injecting his unicorn steed with crap magic because it's the only thing he can get on his scavenger hands on. Yeah, and he created <laughs> this this uh, uh, um, God. What was a pentacorn? Yes, it's like it's like it's uh it's starting to morph and and it reacts to this bad magic and it's 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 some of it's good and some of it's bad because the horse gets stronger and more muscular yeah. and um and faster but it's growing weird mutant horns I and love it's it. starting to like have outbursts of like f bombs and shit. It's yeah, it just like, yeah, it's got Tourette's and uh, the God, it's funny. The unicorn. I love all the horns on it. Seriously. And the little girl that is like, hey, is that your unicorn? And then he's like, "Uh, it's a pentacorn, actually. It's a pentacorn. Yeah, it's really, really great book. Um, It did remind me of Rat Queens with a little bit more of a uh, high fantasy in mind. Uh, This is not meant to be a slam on Rat Queens, but it just feels a little more highbrow. Yeah, and it's not, not a slam on Rat Queens, but... It's just a little bit more thought out in terms of its world building because Rat Queens is very just dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons with women and dick and fart jokes kind of thing, and this is not. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sexual humor in Rat Queens, and this just seemed to. It had comedy in it, definitely, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a funny book. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's not overtly funny, and it's not meant to be just that. Right. But it. It's funny in a way that's smart and. Um, Clever, clever humor, and again, no yeah. dog on Rat Queen. You know, you know us. We love Rat Queens. For yeah, all no, out there. no dog on. Which God reminds me, it's been forever since there was an issue. Yeah, they're working on. Um, they're working on an issue right now that's actually just going to be an offshoot one shot. Okay. Uh, it's like it's the same writers, but it's a different artist, and the Rat Queens are actually in like a cyberpunk universe. Okay, that should be really interesting. <laughs> I'm down. I mean, it sounds cool. So yeah. Yeah, I'd totally read it. Um, I wanted to bring up the um, most recent issue of the Sacred Creatures. 
Yes, please. Because in the past, up until this point, hold on. Uh, this is issue six. So the first five issues, the first story arc, was all about um, the seven deadly sins. Um, mm-hmm. Well, actually, you know, they just admitted there's more of them than seven. Um, um, kind of like a, they've become a personification. So there's they're real life people. Um, and they've been after this baby for some reason. They're, uh, it's It hasn't been clear why. This baby is, it, it, it just hasn't, you know, but the baby's important. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, bringing issue six up because now we're introduced to a whole new um, part of this world where um, the sins actually have twins uh, called virtues. And so it's going to be, is, it's going to be yeah. a, this crazy, you know, war between them, I can tell. And I'm very excited about this. Um, group of people coming in these virtues because this this kind of an indicated that this series is going to go on a little while mm-hmm. um it's not just you know a, a little mini series i don't think i i feel bad because i gotta catch up because um it's such a great book and i started reading it and then i just kind of dropped off i didn't yeah i didn't i didn't want to drop off i just things were coming out and then i just kind of like missed one issue and then i was just like meh yeah, and but yeah, I feel bad because I, I it's one of my favorite books. Like at least when it first came out, it was a great premiere. Yeah, it was. And, it's uh, really cool. Um, basically, um, like I said, the seven sins were Nephilim, which are types of angels, right? Um, yes. And Nephilim. Yeah. Fallen technically. Okay, so they. I I, I just find the whole concept really cool. Um, they're after. Um, a baby. I think they think it's a reincarnation of somebody. But- yeah, I mean, um, the main the main story has the um, our main character, and it eludes me now because I haven't read an issue in a while. Right. But uh, his girlfriend had a baby, and then they they want to steal it, like, yeah, really bad. Yeah. For some for something. There's all. Yeah. That's the nice thing about this book is it's this is a this is a book that I think is planned out. You know, it has such a long um, road. Yeah. And I think the writers have. Uh, written this road to be a journey and they have a huge world planned out and they're starting, they started at a and they're working their way to G you know what I mean? They've they've got a huge story arc ready to go. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You know, the mystery is still going on as to why they want this kid. Um, right. So I don't know. I think it's going to be an ongoing longer than I first thought it was going to be a real short series, but I hope it at least goes to 10. I think I think we'll get quite a lot out of it. It's it's a little tough, you know. You never know with image books. Right. That's kind of a problem with image. I think that um, is always an ongoing problem with image. Mm-hmm. It's just creator owned has its strengths, but also has its weaknesses too. Just because um, they're not a hundred percent in it. You know what I mean? Like you can they can drop a book at any time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Creator owned. Just be like, okay, well, this guy hasn't gotten anything out. Um, Screw it. We're just going to end it at issue five, you know, and then no one cares. And that's the pro that's the problem with indie books. So there's a strength to it because, you, you know, you can do whatever the hell you want. But that weakness is sometimes is not uh, not finished. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, like image, you know, they may not want that book anymore because, you know, first of all, they don't own it and it's not bringing them any money. Um, and right. so. That's usually how things like that go. You know, if they're just yeah. not sellers, then kick them to the curb. Mm-hmm. Which, um, which I think is why, th- which is why I think most, 
independent comic creators are going with the short runs because they feel they can definitely sell six issues or five issues. And then after that, they, you know, they'll try and sell their next idea, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's tough. You know, it's a tough, uh, tough landscape, um, especially in the comic book world. Um, uh, one thing that is tough with it is, you know, let's be honest. Movies is movies is what makes a lot of money. Oh yeah. Movies are, um, and unfortunately everyone's just kind of looking for the next movie deal. You know what I mean? Like they're looking for the next big thing. They're looking for the next world. They're looking for the next universe that they can make something out of. So that's unfortunately the state of the comic book world right now is, uh, there's all sorts of speckers out there and, and, uh, people only make six issue series and then hopefully they get a movie deal out of it. And if they don't, they just move on to the next thing. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I hope that's not the case with some of the stuff that we like. Hmm. Uh, we will always want to see more, yeah. but it is also nice if there is TV deals involved because uh, Tyler and I can make some money by flipping our goddamn books that we spend so much money on. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not willing to flip them, especially if I've been collecting them. Uh, the ones that I buy the first issue and then go, you know, I'm not going to add another title right now. Those, you know, I'm always willing to flip. But if I've put the effort into collecting it, I'm going to keep it, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely, man. I hear you. Um, it's kind of tough. It's uh, it's just that you're on that teeter totter, that seesaw. You're, you know, you just you get a book. You know, if you have a Walking Dead number one in your collection, right. you might as well sell it. Like I know people who have it, but yeah, it's a thousand dollar book. That's a thousand bucks. Oh, you know people that own one right now. What's that? You know people that own one. Oh yeah, and I know people have paid way too much for their copies. Too, oh really? So that's funny. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, for me, if you're paying over a thousand dollars for that book, you're yeah. paying too much. Right. That's just me, but yeah. And I see your point on that because you know you can get one of the image first copies, which I have one of those, just to have uh, that story, you know, in my collection. Yeah, so, and the image reprint, the image first reprints are it's it's a dollar, man. You know, yeah. I mean, if you really want it uh, for a collection to just have. But I understand the collector's aspect, too, where if they need the number one, they want the number one. But Yeah, especially if they're going for an all-first um, print run, you know. Yeah, uh, that you've got to be making some big buco dough to be <laughs> to be putting out that or getting uh, getting that. With The Walking Dead, yeah. Yeah, you got to be making a lot of money for that shit. So. Is there any uh, series that you actively, like, collect, like you're hunting the net for it? Uh, an issue missing from your collection? Uh, I'm trying to think right now. Um, I'm always on the lookout for Preacher stuff, just because it would be fun to have a full run of Preacher. I do have a first print copy of issues number one through ten. Didn't I just... Uh, I I was just in the store. I thought I saw one. Don't you have a bundled one? Uh, we don't have... They don't have a set, no. Uh, uh, I, I have... There's a couple of issues there. Yeah, issue number one, issue number two, three... But I've got issues number one through ten. Um, Walking Dead, I'm, I'm kind of look for just in. Um, it's kind of weird, you know. I, I like to get my Walking Deads yep. in terms of every month, yep. but uh, I am a Negan collector. Like I really like Negan stuff. Uh-huh. And there's a there's a third print run of like ninety six to like one oh three. Okay. Which has every cover is like a piece of Lucille and like Negan holding it up above his head. Really? So the whole run is like a full a full picture of Lucille. That's cool. 
you know, thinking oh. thinking that far ahead to you know have this running um, thing throughout all the covers. Yeah, that's something that I would love to have if I could get it. <laughs> right. That's it's expensive though. It's um, I think it's a hundred dollars uh, or more for that set. Okay. Because uh, they're just really tough to find. Okay. Um, so then with walking dead stuff, I'm, my goal is to get issue 100 going forward. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which is doable. I've got the first hundred, um, issues in trade paperback form, which for me, uh, it's okay. But I, you know, obviously I'd want them in comic book form since I'm collecting them, but the earlier ones are not only tougher to come by, but more expensive. Yeah, I mean, you get down there in some of those single digits, you're looking at at least thirty, forty dollars a book. Even if nothing, ha- even if like nothing cool happens, it's they get that ex- they get that pricey. Yep. For some early prints. Yeah. Um, so I know you don't have uh, Death and Glory in front of you. Did do you still remember a little bit about it to talk about it? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Uh, pretty much remember most of it. Sure. Um, I really, really enjoyed that book this week. I thought it was really huge, and uh, I'm actually looking into getting. Um, some variant covers just because I thought it was the story was so strong and the art was really good. And I love the glory character. Yeah. And, uh, Hey Tyler, this is a book that you can remember the main character's name because it's in the fucking title. It's in the title. I know. Uh, um, I just really like the artwork a lot. It reminds me of cartoons that I watched as a kid. Um, you know, that it it just kind of has that, look to it i don't know how to explain it so yeah. it was really it felt nostalgic for me a little bit yeah there's a there's something to the animation on it something to the animation that that really brings it out and makes it makes it a little bit more special yeah um and it's just a unique book i've never read a book like that it's almost a little bit of social satire just um uh and maybe i'm using that word wrong i'm trying to think of something else that would um describe the book's uh overall theme because it 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 deals with the social issue of um, healthcare. Yeah, for sure. And being being in the in a state where you're so poor or just so strapped down in terms of finances that you just can't afford it, and then what do you do? You know. Yeah. So uh, our our main character Glory in the issue, she's kind of a your you know your good old country girl uh, yeah. lives off the lives off the earth, very just. Um, bare bones style of life, not like a technologically fancy life. No, she works in a garage with her friends and she doesn't really, there's not a whole lot of backstory to her family. So we're interested in seeing more of that, but, um, it's very, um, she's, you know, a grease monkey in a small town. Um, yeah, grease monkey is a great way to describe it. Yeah. Um, she wears a suit though. That's like a racing suit, which is kind of fun. I, so I'm eager to see if she's like, at some point we see that she has a cool car. Um, she had a motorcycle. Well, she's got the cool car in the first issue. Oh, I know. And it's got like crashes, right? Yeah, she leaves it behind. Um, yeah. Uh, basically, the overall story and what's going on is she is kind of pushed to do bad things to bad people for good reasons, kind yeah. of thing. Right. Her mentor and lifelong friend is in need of a new like kidney or a new organ, and the, the, the she just can't afford healthcare and can't get him to a doctor yeah so he can't much, they can't get him on the on the donate list right it's it's pretty much a much a death sentence if he doesn't get what he needs 
And that's uh, what she's going after. Is she's going after the money to pay for his health care. And she has a, a way to do that by um, stealing money from these criminals. So it's just, it, it's a really cool kind of uh, high-octane book that has a lot of action and a lot of humor. But um, the humor never takes away from the action side of the story. And I, I, I thought the cliffhanger at the end was really great. And um, Yeah, like all the people she, she found? Yeah, at the end, you know, she gets... Um, she uh, steals this truck because her car crashes and was going to grab the money that uh, there was going to be this like drug deal that goes down. And um, she steals this truck and then she stops and uh, finds out that it's like full of like people. It's like people trafficking kind of thing. Yeah, she hears all so, this thud, thud, thud. So she stops and goes and checks it out. And she's like, OK. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh oh, what yeah. have I what have I stumbled onto here? Yeah. Um. I, the weird part was the guy that's after her, you know, um, he, oh, sh- the villain? yeah, he shows up, he shows up in the bar, uh, asking questions, not the bar, the hamburger shop and yeah. asking questions. And then he freezes him with, um, you know, uh, nitro. I don't know. What do you think it is? He's using to freeze their body parts there. Oh, I had it on top of my head. It was, uh, Kind of like dry ice, but uh, yeah. liquid nitrogen. Liquid yeah. nitrogen. Okay, so yeah, he, when he goes in and orders um, uh, twenty-three cheeseburgers or one hundred and twenty-three cheeseburgers, right at right at closing time, and the kid behind the counter is giving him a hard time, and then he pulls out this hose from his jacket, sprays this biker, who right in the face with it. The biker trips backwards, hits his head against the wall, and his face falls off. Yeah, it's it awesome. so weird. <laughs> I mean, especially like the kid, who, the kid who runs for the phone. Uh, he gets his hands uh, frozen off, and then the guy sticks it in his in his mouth, and then his head. Yep. Ju- you know, he basically just explodes. Yeah, I mean, it's really. pretty visceral. Yeah, I think the art was a little too comical for me on that. Like, uh, uh, yes, I agree. Uh, that was the only thing that bugged me. It, it it didn't like take away from the overall book itself right but it was a little like a little too it's a little too cartoony for that level of violence yeah you know what i mean yep yeah it's exactly what i was thinking too especially with that part it's just hard to take it as a crime story or a violent story when the artwork is so uh, cartoony you know cartoonish a little bit yeah, it's it's just a uh, way too bright and colorful to have that type of violence be put on there to give you a real sense of this guy being such an evil person. Right. He would just straight up murder people in a in a fast food restaurant like that in such a horrible way. Mm-hmm. So, um, are you going to pick up the that, you pick up the bad, next issue? Kinda, yeah, for sure. I definitely want to pick up the next issue of that. Um, like I said, I had to give up my copy, so I kind of feel feel like I lost out on that first issue. But I'm gonna I'm looking at a um, something on eBay, or it's a uh, number one, but it's um, limited to 500 copies. Okay, which is pretty sweet. Which is a better one than, so, than the one you had to give up. Yeah, which is just a ge- generic first printing issue, you know, number A. Yeah. Or cover A. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, but I, I just gotta shell out the fifteen dollars for it, which I'm not like super adamant or excited about. Yeah, I've never, <laughs> I've never, I've never paid high money for comic books. I think most I paid is like $25. Um, I just don't see the advantage of it. I mean, 
yes, I'd like him for my collections. I love the Amazing Spider-Man, and I have a copy of the first appearance of Carnage. Um, I bought it when That's it came out. Book, baby. Uh, what's that? That's a big dollar book, baby. Yeah, I bought it when it came out, and so I was like 11, 12 years old, and so it's not in the best shape today. And so I've been thinking about get, buying another one um, to keep in mint condition, you know? And then, yeah. then this whole Carnage thing came up um, with the Green Goblin. So Carnage is popular all of a sudden again, which drove the price of that book way up. Way up. Yeah, absolutely. For the longest well, time, it was sixty dollars. I think it's over a hundred now. Yeah, and um, what's really driving that that uh, that price is the fact that people think uh, Carnage is going to make an appearance in the new Venom movie. That's what's really driving that driving that price up. Oh, really? I I didn't even really know if this Venom movie was going to have um, much excitement behind it. I don't know. It's. I mean, we haven't really seen too much. That's the problem. Is the trailer that they've that they're showing. Um, I mean, we've seen Venom finally in the second trailer, but we. That's the huge problem right now that we have with like different ownership and like Marvel owning some of it, Sony owning some of it. Yeah. Is how cool of a character is Venom if he if he's not like linked with Spider Man? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Spider Man is such a, a an essential part of that Venom verse. And yeah. I mean, we're getting it wrong. Venom is a part of the Spideyverse. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and so if he's not involved with Spider-Man, then it's kind of boring because the whole what? thing is based on he's got to kill Spider-Man because of that symbiote suit had or not suit, but the symbiote has this uh, need to kill Spider-Man because he rejected it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And there's a whole kind of um yin and yang situation there it's it's um venom was was invented and to bring a dark side to spider-man but then venom was invented uh as a ultimate like dark spider-man like this is what could have happened to peter parker if he would have let into the dark side kind of thing yeah so yep that's and uh i guess it wasn't just venom but eddie brock eddie brock is uh, a total complete opposite because peter parker is the uh straight laced suit and tie, you know, goody two shoes. uh, Yeah. Goody two shoes reporter that goes by the book. And Eddie Brock is the kind of scoundrel scumbag. Absolutely fast and loose. And he'll do anything for a story kind of thing, even if it fucks people over. Right. So, and then, and then the venom suit, of course, attached to him, um, is just evil. He, there's storylines where he becomes more of a, um, uh, an antihero where he, kills good guys and bad guys kind of thing. I was, bu- I was really bummed was- when Flash Thompson took the suit and, um, you know, was kind of a secret agent with it, you know, with the Venom suit. Yeah. I thought that was a really stupid like that? use of the character. I mean, I, I, I like Flash Thompson and I liked what he was doing. I liked that story idea. I just didn't like the idea of this badass Venom thing that's been a problem for so long. And they're able to tame it by, you know, only letting him wear it for so many hours a day. And I, I thought that was a cool use of that. Did you? Uh, yeah, I did. I really, I thought the Agent Venom storyline was cool. I always think Eddie Brock is the classic um, Venom guy, you know, yeah. when, when this video is on him. Yeah. I think that's that's always fun to read. But I, I thought the Agent Venom storyline was really cool and just interesting and something different for that character. And I liked how... 
Flash was paralyzed at that point. Yep. So, yep. Uh, it gave him, him legs. Yeah, exactly. With him being paralyzed, it gave him legs and it gave him a reason to want to be Agent Venom rather than just like, oh, whatever, I'm Agent Venom. You know what I mean? It yep. gave him a different want and a different uh, – it was a character flaw kind of thing. You know, even if he – even if he did things that he wasn't really interested in doing, it was more the fact that he got to run again. You know, he got to be a person again because that's just he felt like he wasn't a person when he was in the wheelchair. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like it was a good Flash Thompson story. But I, I don't know. Right now, um, there's been more symbiotes created by little spawns popping off of the, the main host. And so they have Eddie Brock is back. Um with the the main suit and then um, um flash thompson has his suit and then somebody else is involved there's three of them one of them anti-venom um so it'll be interesting to see where they go with it in the comic books now that the movie's about to come out they've got a ton of stuff going on and um yeah i mean the rumor right now is that uh the storyline that's going to be in the movie is going to be the lethal protector where they where he kind of gets fractured and he has like four or five different symbiotes that are out there right. and they're all named, they're all kind of named after the, um, like deadly sins. I think there's at least I think, okay. but I know there's like, or something like that, some sort of, um, Greek mythology behind it. Cause I think one's called agony and one's called something like that. I, I'm not, I'm not thinking deadly sins. I'm thinking something else. Um, so, um, did you think the animation for the, for venom in the previews looked like the one from Spider-Man, Three, no, I did not. I thought. I thought. I, I think he looks the most comic book he's ever looked in terms of the design. Right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. In terms of the movie, um, the only thing I think I would change right. is uh, the eyes would. Um, I would like a little bit more flare at the top of the eyes and twirl them in just to make it a little bit more yeah um, organic looking because the eyes are a little too just popped on there. Yeah. Um, because he's that that whole thing is supposed to be a morphing type thing. I kind of would like to see it more like Rorschach's mask in in the Watchmen, right? Um, where it's yeah. kind of changing. But I know that the Venom face wouldn't change that rapidly or that much. It would be much more slow. This is how I envision the costume: uh, much more slow. The eyes just kind of almost like trembling. You know what I mean? As they they move a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and they, you know, just little flares at the top, and a little spawn, little spawn esque, where you get the, you know, his ethereal green smoke coming off of him yep. or is out of his eyes. Yep. But not rather than smoke, just contain it within the actual symbiote on his body and have it ever changing and ever swirling. But again, we've only seen the two trailers, and um, I don't think that the stuff that we've seen is completely done in terms of CGI. I think it was just good enough to release a trailer of because you only get a, a quick second look at him. Yeah, so no. um, who's playing Eddie Brock? Oh, it's Tom Hardy. Oh, it is. Okay, that's I thought I thought that which is a much better choice than Topher Grace. <laughs> uh, I definitely agree on that one because um, Tom Hardy um, kind of looks like Eddie Brock in the comic books because in the comics Eddie he was big. He had big shoulders. He had that stupid flat top haircut. Uh, uh, he was just menacing to begin with before the venom, uh, part of it. And, uh, Tom Hardy will fill that role. I think really well. Yeah. He's a brawler looking character, you know, and yeah. uh, in the comics, and yeah. that's what they're trying to bring to it with Tom Hardy. Cause Tom Hardy, 
ever since he did he did um, a movie called Bronson. Have you ever seen that? I've heard of it, but no, I have not seen it. It's a great movie about the world's the world's most dangerous prisoner okay. who's still alive today, um, who changed his name Charles Bronson to um, try and be more badass, and because at this time it was the seventies. Yeah. So the movie the movie um, uh, Death Wish had come out with Charles Bronson. Yep. So. Yep. This guy changed his name to Charles Bronson because he wanted to be a badass, and he was like an underground like fist fighter. Okay. And then he he went to jail, and every jail he's been in, they just they can't they can't handle him. <laughs> That's crazy. They, yeah, he like uh, there's a scene in the film where he uh, hit he had hid butter mm-hmm. under his mattress. Okay. But he it wasn't to eat. It was so he could get buck ass naked and slick himself up. Uh huh. And then, and then challenge the guards, and then they would come in with riot gear, and he'd be full of butter, so he, he, they couldn't get a hold of him, he'd and he'd be beat slipping. the living shit out of the guards. Huh? That'd be f- yeah. It's a that's funny. It's an abs- yeah. It's an absolutely crazy film about not only the state of uh, people who go to prison and are just super dangerous, but also a, a weird film about um, just. Uh, mental illness because he's yeah. a crazy guy when did crazy this come movie. when did it come out uh this was a while back i think this i think that right now this movie's probably 10 years old okay uh it's one of tom hardy's kind of big breakout films okay uh, just because his performance was so good and he he changed his body completely uh you know he got super jacked and not like jacked as in ripped but just hulking man like huge huge um deltoids you know on the neck right and just giant looming person and and his body's never been the same after that you know he's he's always been uh now just kind of a brick of a man so yeah. that was kind of the movie that put him on the map uh in terms of hollywood looking at him being like wow this guy can do quite a bit so. that was before um uh, the dark knight returns yeah way before that yep okay because he was big in that i mean obviously he was huge in that yeah um, i mean he was hulking person in that too absolutely I'm on his IMDb right now, and he he was in Black Hawk Down. I don't remember him in that. Uh, I'll get let you know a little secret. Everybody was in Black Hawk Down. <laughs> I know there was a lot. I know there was a lot of cameos Dude. and a lot of people in it. Uh, Every, everybody's in Black Hawk Down, bro. <laughs> that funny. movie has so many freaking people in it. It's not even funny. It's like wow, it's crazy. It was a good people. movie though. Yeah, that's one of the best war movies of all time. Mm. Um, what else did you read this week? Um, actually, um, it was free comic book day. Yeah. Uh, Saturday. Yep. Uh, which was a madhouse. It was nuts, but, um, I didn't, I haven't read them yet, but I picked up some, uh, I picked up some free comic book day stuff. Okay. I kind of have an in, so I got a couple more than I should have, <laughs> but, uh, I picked up relay from Aftershock Comics, okay. and that was a free a free comic book day book. So I'm excited to read that. Seems like a sci-fi story. Damn, and I, uh, I, obviously, I I missed yesterday because I was at a taekwondo tournament. But they actually had good free comic books this year. Yeah, there was a lot of good ones from for mature readers. Uh, and you know, I, I I mean, picked up an Avengers one. I picked up uh, an Overwatch one because I love a video game. Yeah. Uh, but, Dark Horse, but yep. there were some good ones uh, from independent distributors. Relay seems kind of like a um, a little bit more actiony. Um, what's the film I'm thinking of? Running Man. Uh, Two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. Oh, that is not at all what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> 
what did you say? Running man. Oh no. <laughs> no, uh, relay relay is going to be uh, a sci-fi story that um, seems like it's taking some cues from 2001: A Space Odyssey. So that'll be. Cool. I haven't read it, but that'll be interesting. Um, yep. uh, there was a Tank Girl release, which I was super happy with. It was just called a, a Brief History of Tank Girl, okay. and it has uh, it features uh, a Jamie Hewlett cover, which I'm happy about too. And uh, three or four different storyline or just mini stories, all done by different artists and different um, writers who actually worked on Tank Girl over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, just crazy and fun. You know me and my Tank Girl. Yeah. It's just one of those characters I can never get rid of. That's awesome. So a brief history of Tank Girl came out. Uh, other than that, the other the other mature book or image book that was released was a book called Barrier. Okay. Now, I have no idea what this one's about, but uh, it seems like it's going to be a crime book. Okay. But we'll have to see. I, I have no idea. Uh, the cover is really weird. It it kind of features like a border checkpoint. So I'm assuming that would be a border between Mexico and the United States. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> timely. Could, yeah. Or it could be a it could be an Area 51 thing. You know what I mean? Like I haven't read the book because it's a, it's just a desert landscape. With like a, a a wire fence and a checkpoint kind of thing okay. on it, you know what I mean. So it could be it could be either of those. And then uh, I grabbed an Avengers book just because I'm I'm giving one more shot to Marvel to try their Avengers book right now. Yep. I'm I'm giving one last ditch effort to try a mainstream book. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I have going with that in terms of like a uh, uh, an out plan is. The minute I have to read another book to know what the fuck is going on in my Avengers book, then you're done. I'm out. Yep, I'm out. Yeah, that is, is that that sucks. You know, I don't I don't want I don't want to have to be reading my Avengers book and then I get to the last page and they go, "Don't forget to check out Iron Man 25 to know what happens." Yep. And I'll be like, "No." So it it hasn't uh, been so bad in DC lately though. So that's nice. But uh, DC just gets it in the comic game. They, you know, where they don't understand it in the films, they're really, really doing a very good job in the comics. To uh, they know what people want. They yeah, want, that is true. They are doing a much better job comic story wise than DC, like storytelling wise. I should say, how to put out you know big events and have it work. You know, well, actually, I was really excited about Heavy Metal, and it turned out it was um, or Dark Knight's Metal. I mean, and it turned out really dumb <laughs> i'm i'm pretty glad i skipped on that yeah uh and i hate to say you know i hate to be that guy that like i was right but um i i've been saying ever since day one that this is just an excuse to write original stories and out of continuity yeah. you know and yeah. give writers an out yeah. on like where does this take place in the batman world well guess what it doesn't and then they nope. can just go Oh, Dark Knight's Metal Multiverse. Yeah, you know? and Duh. that's what that's what I was really kind of bummed. I'm like, what's going to happen with Batman? And then it it really had no effect on Batman. And I was going, why aren't they running this through the regular titles? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I thought that the continuity right away. I'm like, the continuity just doesn't make sense. And then I once I realized what was going on. Oh, you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's exactly what it is. You know, it was just a big premiere story with uh, um, big writers on it, right? Just to get people to buy it and 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 uh, read it. And then it turns out it was really just a big smoke cloud to write original content yeah. for writers. 
You know what I mean? That's what it was. Yep. Let's not beat around the bush here, bro. That's what it was. It was. Um, I bought Bloodborne. Um, it's yeah, a, how was that? I really liked it. It's out by Titan Comics. Um, they've been putting out a few things lately that have been actually not bad. Um, I I really liked it. It's a good monster story. Um, I understand the games are... It's based on a video game. Yeah, pretty popular too. Oh, hugely popular. Yeah. This kid... Yeah, very, very big game. Yeah, this guy... Um, well, it's kind of hard to explain the whole the whole uh, yes. backstory. It is really hard to explain. Yeah. Good luck. But uh, I'll just briefly say it, it was it was a lot of fun. It's a good monster comic. Um, I don't know if they're going to continue on with, um, you know, a few um, issues per miniseries kind of thing, you know. Um, but it'd be... It'd be uh, fun to check out the game and then compare it to the storyline in the comics. It's one of the most frustrating games you'll ever play. Oh, it is? Oh, it is not meant for the faint of heart. <laughs> Meaning one, the one of those, the horror or the gore or or the, the gameplay is just obnoxious? The gameplay is meant to make you want to rage quit. Oh, really? Yeah, like that's... it's It's meant to make you... You're going to die. So the mechanics of it just, I mean, do you feel like um, you don't, you just don't understand how to do stuff? I'm talking about like the mechanics well, of actually playing. It's, it's, it's a kind of a sequel, pseudo sequel to the game Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which that was very uh, frustrating. I thought. Yes. And I hate, I hate Dark Souls. I, uh, I have Dark Souls <laughs> 2. Well, actually my stepson does. And I told him not to sell it because I wanted to try it. And then I played it for three or four hours and just hated it. So I I, yep. I gave it back to him and said, all right, go ahead and sell it. Well, uh, those are the same guys who made Bloodborne. Okay. Um, do you remember... You, I'm trying to think of Evil Darkness or... Uh, it was probably early 2000s. It was for GameCube. Eternal Darkness, that's what it was called. Eternal Darkness, yep. You remember I that remember game? That. that game mm-hmm. is what I am looking for in a modern game, and I never can find it. You know, I never can find that deep mystery that turns in, the supernatural turns into a, a you know, a, a demon book, you know, kind of thing, or a demon game. Yeah, and that's tough now. There's a lot of games out there that, that focus more on gameplay than they do on story. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, I feel you. I remember that game, and that was another game that I think I was just really young when that game came out. Yeah. So I didn't under I didn't fully understand that game. Okay. So I it was frustrating as a as a young a uh, young kid playing that. Yeah. Because it just wasn't. I was like, I I'm not into this. I don't understand. I like, you know I don't I don't get it. I so. was 19, I think. Well, that's when I bought it when I was 19. Um, and because my boss at the coffee house I worked at had it. And so we would both play and then, you know, compare the next day to see where each of us had gotten to. And, you know, if we found anything cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was like something that you guys were kind of doing together and experiencing together. Yeah. You know, and that was a lot of fun. The game itself is really creepy. You know, you play it late at night and I had a surround sound um, stereo system. And so you'd you'd hear these creepy noises coming from behind you and like it literally sounded like it was in my house um and so and and it's late and you're getting tired but you just won't quit and so you start thinking 
God, is that creek actually in my kitchen? What what the hell? <laughs> right, exactly. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I kind of want to experience again with a with a game, and I just haven't found any good horror games that um, satisfy that. I've got you on that. Um, play, God, what's it called? Evil Within. Evil Within, okay. Yep, play that game. You will be very, very impressed. Uh, it's exactly what you're looking for in terms of uh, that type of game. Okay. It's it's mostly story and um, good gameplay. You can you know don't don't just take the pride hit. I mean, let me ask you a, a real personal question. Okay. Are you good at games? Uh, yeah. You know, the few that I play, um, you know, I'm not a big game. Here's the weird thing. I'm not a big gamer because I don't have the time, but the one or two games a year that I get into, um, I play the shit out of them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say I'm good at games, but I, I don't game often kind of thing. I got you. I got you. Um, well, yeah, the evil within is a great game. I think it's going to scratch that horror itch that you're looking for. Cause it's got a really great story, uh, really mind bending story, really weird. Okay. But that's stuff with that. We like, Yeah. you know, you and I like, so, Try that. Okay. Try the Evil Within. I think um, you'd be very impressed. With that I've game. got a Xbox One. Is it out on that? Oh yeah, Evil Within is on Xbox One, and then uh, the Evil Within Two just came out as well. Like it came out like last year, last October. Okay. So you can get the Evil Within One for like fifteen bucks. You know what I mean? It's yeah. cheap. Okay. So. Um. Totally worth it. You will love it. But I will. Game. I will admit on recording right now that I am terrible at uh, Fortnite. <laughs> my my kids I hate Fortnite. You hate Fortnite? I, I hate it. You do? For real? Yes. Uh my uh absolutely I, I don't like it at all. My stepkids have it and um they're just obsessed with it and you know I I'm a oh, yeah. I'm a I'm a substitute teacher right now so all the mm-hmm. classes that I've been subbing lately all of the kids have been so excited that it's available for their uh personal devices, you know. Oh yeah, mobile. Yep. Yep. Um I hate Fortnite for a different reason, though. I, I don't hate it just because it's just, you know, the cool thing. You know what I mean? Like, I because there's a lot of people, there's two sides of the fence. People are on the PUBG side, player unknown battleground. Yeah. And Fortnite. Right. Uh, I am on the PUBG side. I do like that game much more. Okay. However, I have a different, wholly different reason for not liking Fortnite. Uh, do you know how that game came about? No. Okay. I'll give you a brief history lesson. All right. So let's let's go back 10 years. Epic Games, okay. run by Cliff Blazinski. Ten oh, years sorry, ago, two thousand eight. Um, yes, I don't. I don't know if I talked about this much, but I was married once before, and that was when I was getting divorced. Uh, oh, yeah. Two, All right. Two thousand eight. Cool. Okay, go ahead. Okay, good deal. <laughs> uh, just, just threw that in there. I thought it was important. It was. Yeah. Um, but yes, two thousand eight. The year's two thousand eight. Uh, Epic Games was probably at the height of. Uh, their popularity, They're the guys behind like Gears of War yep. and things like that, led by Cliff Blazinski. And uh, it was E3, uh, which is the Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's the big kind of game. Uh, at that point, it was the big game expo that people revealed all their great games for that year. I've decided what was out. I'm going to it next year. Um, I go to Chicago anyway to see my son. Um, so I've already kind oh, of dude, just... we should go to E3. I know. Together. You want to go for next year? Fuck yeah, I think it's amazing. in March. Um, March or April, anyway. That would, that would be utterly cool, dude. Yeah. Okay. Go on. 
Um, but yes, it was E3, and they released this trailer for this interesting game called Fortnite, where it was like a survival horror type of game where you uh, crafted and survived by um, destroying things and building stuff to fight off the zombie horde that was eventually going to come. So that was the overall idea for the game, is that. And it was it was billed as this survival horror crafting game, right. which was new and unique at the time. And it was really cool. And uh, all we saw was just a CG trailer. There wasn't anything else with it, no gameplay. Okay, so everybody was excited. Uh, flash forward about four years Okay. after that. The game had become kind of dead in the water, no development. Uh, it was released on PC as like an alpha type of test thing. So there wasn't a whole lot going on in terms of advancing the game forward. And then it just kind of died after that. Right. There was nothing. Right. Nothing going on. Yep. Uh, there was no no news, no anything. And then flash forward to today. Okay. Uh, Fortnite gets a full release date, a full release trailer, gameplay, all this shit. Everyone's excited. I'm excited. Uh, and they release four different ways to buy the game. You can buy the game for like 20 bucks. You can buy the game for like... 40 bucks and then get like some bonuses right. you can buy the game for like 60 bucks and get like a, a code to give to your friends uh, or you can buy the game at like a huge giant like $150 collector's edition where you get like three digital codes to give to your friends Ooh. Um, so, yeah so the $20 version is it the full game yeah it was the full game you just got pretty bare bones you know it was just you know the game and that's about it okay. you know wasn't anything um but I was like, okay, well, if if I was going to go pick up the game, I was going to spend sixty bucks anyway, so I'll just buy the sixty dollar game. Yep. So I bought the sixty dollar game and played it with my friends. Everybody got it. Everybody was having decent fun with it, and we go like two or three months playing this game, and I just kind of like dropped out. I'm like, I'm going to wait for some content updates. Everything seems just too. It's not as good as I need it to be. It needs to be better. Right. So I'm just going to wait and see what happens. And then all of a sudden, they released this bullshit Battle Royale mode. Yes. Which is a total copy of Player Unknown Battlegrounds, which has been out for a long time. Yeah, and that's what my kids have been playing is the Royal yes. uh, Battle. That's that's the only thing people are playing. Like let's 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 be honest, that's the only thing people are playing. Like there's no one out there is playing the fucking story in that game because it sucks. Yeah. But my thing is, and what I'm pissed off about, is that company stole my fucking money. Because I, I, I paid $60 for that game. Yep. And then three months later, they released the Battle Royale version for free. It's free. Oh, shit. Um, I could have waited and got the Battle Royale, ver Battle Royale version for free because they basically stole everyone's money and then developed this Battle Royale thing behind closed doors with no anything uh -huh. I, I i get it. it was a surprise but you fuckers stole my money like you didn't give me the game that i bought i could have waited and got this shit for free so that's what is, that's my big hate with that game is um they stole everybody's money and i feel bad because um one of my buddies he spent he, he bought that 150 dollars collector's thing now here's what um just playing the devil's advocate what if they realize yeah. that they put out a game and people bought it that it wasn't really what needed to be put out. So then they made this updated version and gave it away for free as a, um, I'm, we're sorry, it wasn't what we wanted. Here's what we really wanted to put out. And we're going to give it to you because we know you paid for the last one. Yeah, but I didn't get anything for that, you know. And I didn't, you know, I mean, I, I basically paid for that free version. 
Yeah. So I've already, you know, and that's my big thing. And I get where you, I get where you're coming from, but where is my, where's my refund for the game that I bought? You know, yeah. I, I've got pub, I've got PUBG. You know, player unknown battleground. Uh-huh. That is a way better system and a way better game of the uh, one versus one hundred type of battle royale gameplay. Is it? Be- I've it got is that. Better? I paid. Oh yeah, way better. I paid thirty dollars for that. That's a more hardcore experience. Yeah. For, for, uh, Fortnite is such a cartoony. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's with the dancing? Know? That drives me nuts. Uh, I'm watching my kids, <laughs> and they're like. Uh, my stepson Isaac, he's like, Hey, check this new dance out that I got. And then he's doing it. I'm like, okay, what's the, what's the, what function does that have in this game? You know? And he's like, nothing. And I'm like, then what? that's what, that's what makes that game popular though. Is that whole, like, you know, what makes that game popular is first off it's free. Yeah. Second off it caters to young teens, like your kids yep. and your stepson yep. because it's got like those goofy you know, millennial type dances. Yep. And it's all about, it's not about like skill and, um, and, uh, tactical strategy like PUBG is. And it doesn't have that whole like visceral feel to it. No. What it really is, is it's, it caters to millennials. You know what I mean? It really just caters to the generation of now. Right. And it's just, it's super like, it throws, it throws professionalism out the window in terms of swag. You know, it brings in like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that game's all that game's all about swag. <laughs> I understand that 100% when I look at it. Um so if this game isn't really for you and the old one was, don't you feel like you got your money's worth? No, not at all. Okay. No. Because uh, because they're not continuing on with that as a their um I guess, yeah, I guess feel with it or Yeah, they've completely dropped it. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not it's not something that uh is they're there's no news out there like, hey, guys, make sure you're playing the storyline because we're going to be doing this and this and this to it. Like, no, they're not going to be doing shit to it. Like, well, maybe they're going to drop that like a bad habit. Yeah. It you know, I, it sucks from day one. Everyone can be everyone can have their mysticisms about it if they want. But right. that game sucked from day one in terms of the actual like game they built. Yeah. And it just pisses me off that they built this thing and promised all this cool stuff and then just slapped you in the face three months later and says, Oh yeah, here's this battle royale mode we've been looking on, working on. Surprise, it's free. Yeah. So go download it. I'm like, what the fuck, man? You guys stole my money. Like that's bullshit. Yeah. And now there's no more updated story mode. Um, no. Okay. I, I see. I see where you're coming from. With. It was crap to begin with. Mm-hmm. So that was my thing. That's my huge thing with Fortnite. So people can tell me I'm wrong if they want, but I'm I know I'm right. So. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna tell you're wrong. I I haven't actually played it more than a couple minutes. Um, one of the I think one of the weirdest dances out right now is the floss, you know, doesn't it just look so unnatural to see little tweens doing this move where they're basically, you know, thrusting their uh, pelvis out back and forth while moving their hands like a weird robot thing. I am. Uh, I am guilty of doing the floss. Are, not going to lie. Are you? Well, oh, yeah. Well, here's I do the, the floss thing. all the time. But when you're seeing a little 12 year old do it, you're like, God, that looks so weird. What are they doing? <laughs> What are you doing? I don't like this. It's unnatural. <laughs> Elvis, it's like Elvis all over again, you know. Oh yes, absolutely. Elvis swinging and swinging, and shaking swinging his, his hips. hips. Yeah. These darn kids doing this. What is this devil music? Doing this floss thing. Um, Brendan, uh, my other stepson, he went to a school dance recently, and he came home, and he said, uh, "I said, how'd it go?" And he said, uh, "I won the floss off." And, and, 
I said, I said, what? I didn't even know what this dance was at the time. Okay. I didn't even know it was a thing. Uh, and oh, yeah, the floss off, baby. I didn't know that was a thing. That's awesome, though. Yeah, well, I didn't even know the floss, right? Was the dance move was a thing, and so he show. Well, at first I thought I said I thought it was real, like dental floss, and I thought the first thing that entered my head was these kids were flossing their teeth, and whoever could get it all done at first wins. Uh, oh, Tyler, you're so out of touch. I know. I'm such an old man. So then I'm like, I'm questioning him about it. And, and he goes, you know, like the dance. And he, and he does it for me. And I said, I've, no, I've never heard of it before. And then I said, okay, so what, how do you have a floss off? And basically he did it the fastest for the longest. Um, and That's a skill, man. I, That's a skill. I know. I made him show me how, how, you know, how it looked, what the speed was and all that stuff. And holy buckets, I have never seen hips and arms do that so fast you know flailing an emotion that is both unnatural and crazy it's kind of flailing but but you know the the whole body is stiff during this this dance right yes yeah uh kind of kind of shift your hips side to side yeah yeah um i don't know <laughs> i don't get it these young whippersnappers you young kids today they'll never know what real dancing is <laughs> Uh, you ain't never done the Charleston. <laughs> uh, hey, let's uh, let's finish up talking about The Walking Dead. Um, this Carl cover is cool. Yeah, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz is doing a great job as, uh, with these Carl covers. Uh, or these, uh, excuse me, these uh, character covers yeah. is what I was trying to say. Character covers. Yeah. Um, I really like these. I'm really, really, really holding out and waiting for a Negan, though. Like, <clears throat> if he doesn't do a Negan, yeah. that's just a missed opportunity. But... I, I guarantee there's going to be a Negan. I think Negan's going to be a big one. And there might be a st- strategic point at which he um, does one. Um, yeah, and that's what kind of like makes me a little like, dang it, because I'll I'll bet it's going to be one of the later ones. Yeah. I'm thinking um, Christmas time, you know, I'm thinking maybe the last one because he's doing them for the year, right? Yeah, he's doing them all year. And I hope that's not the case because I, I know what next month is. And next month is Glenn. Okay. This one, so, when I saw this one the other day, my first thought was, what girl got her eye shot out? Car- that was Kara. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, and I looked at the, the scrawl uh, handwriting, and I'm like, oh, that is Carl. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't see that as Carl when I first looked at this. Oh, yeah, that's Carl, baby. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the story? I liked it. It's good. Um, classic Walking Dead. It's moving a little slower at this time. But um, I liked how it started off, and... Uh, where we left off was Michonne was kind of worried because her daughter said something about, you know, like a status quo, like these people, you know, like we shouldn't be saying that to these people because that's just not the way things work around here. You know, like she's, and they're not used to, Michonne is not used to any of that because she used, she's used to making things right and fair for everyone. Right. And I think my favorite point in the issue was, um, when that Mercer guy, uh, was explaining the situation and he looks over at Sadiq and he's like, you know, things get tough around here. That's why we all need to kind of blow off some steam every once in a while, you know, like alluding to the fact that he heard uh, Sadiq ter- heard them talking yep. about yep. Uh, killing, killing that family. Yeah. I think, so, the, I think uh, Sadiq, he knows what's going on, you know? And, and I think that at some point they really are going to try and take down the um, governor and, uh, yeah, this new governess. Yeah, governess and her right hand man. This guy, they seem to like him now. Um, the guy that met them at the train station originally, you know. 
Do you know who I'm talking uh, about? Um, the dark-haired guy that kind of slept. Oh, I think I think he see he kind of sees an opportunity to play these people. You know, he has that meeting with Michonne, yeah, and he says, you know, you could be really be used here, a lawyer, a lawyer of your status, or you know, yep. somebody of your status would be uh, very comfortable. You know what I mean? He's he's totally just trying to play her. He's and play her. Yeah, he's much more. I don't know. I don't read him as as sleazy anymore as I did when we first met him. I I do. I'm seeing through that. I'm seeing through all that bullshit. Mm. I think it's fun though that they they're watching a football game. Um and I love that frame where we see Michonne and her daughter and then um got to keep forgetting her name. <laughs> the new Who's that? the new girl um Princess. Princess, right? How do you not how do you not know this? I don't by now? I don't know. Okay, so it's Michonne, her daughter, and Princess at in the stands at the football game. And uh yeah. Princess's expression is just awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. And that's such a it's really nice to have a character like that now. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's uh no matter what the situation is, she's just having fun. I keep and, wanting to know, call she's living I keep wanting to call her Jubilee. She reminds me of Jubilee from the old X Men cartoon. Um, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I could... Um, do you have a cat? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. She's uh Okay, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm glad you do because I thought I was hearing stuff. Um, cuz I'm <laughs> we do, we do not have a cat and I am on the second floor of my house. So there's no way a cat could be out the window. And um I keep hearing you know, and so I'm like Yep, that's the cat, baby. Good. Good. I'm I'm happy that you have a cat. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry about it, man. That's just my cat. That's just so, okay. Good. Uh, he is uh, nineteen years old. Holy crap! <laughs> it's, does does he have any health problems, or is he still good? It's a she. Oh, she. And um, sometimes she has some can't poop problems. Okay. So we have to take her to the vet to get her anal glands done. Okay. But for the most part, you think she'll be around a little bit? Oh man, this cat has. Shows no signs of stopping, man. I think she's made a deal with the devil. My, she's going to be immortal. My vet called me, or not called me, sent me an email um, going, your dog is, uh, it's your dog's birthday. And so my dog, Chloe, she's a little pug. She is 14. And the lifespan of a pug is average of 10 to 12 years. Um, so I'm, I'm really worried I'm going to wake up a morning soon and she'll be, you know, passed away or something. No. But yeah, I hear you. But that'll be better than I having to take her in and have her put to sleep. Yeah, and that's just that's just the thing, you know. I'm I'm hoping like the the cat that we have likes to just cuddle at night and like sleep like right next to you, like in kind of your armpit. Yeah, when you're sleeping. My, so I'm hoping one day I just wake up and she's just she just passed away during the night, yeah. rather than like having to go in and put her down because. Dude, we had to put down. We moved into our apartment. We had to put down our first, like one of Sarah's like best friend cats. Yeah. Like, and Sarah's got anxiety, and um, so I mean, she's really made a bond with some of these pets. Right. And that was just that's probably one of the worst things I've ever experienced. I know. Because and you get so attached to these like, animals, you know. Yeah. Well, it was not only hard for me because I had to like really force her to sign the paper of like you have to put your cat down, but it was hard for me for like the what, next week. You know, she would be fine. We'd be having lunch, and then all of a sudden, she'd just like start crying. Yeah, and it's like I, I miss my cat. I'm like, oh god. I know. Like, it was just, and then because you know you're man. not experiencing it the same way. So to you, you're like, why are you crying just completely randomly? <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, I get it. I understand. I know. Yeah. So, uh, it, but it was just something that you had to had to I had to deal with. So like walking on eggshells, you know, like I'm just yeah. And I was like strategically hiding things in the house. I'm like, oh god, there's his like cat bowl. I need to hide that. You know what I mean? Because yep. <laughs> if she sees it, she go break down. <laughs> well, what I would uh, what I would probably do is get when my dog dies, I'll gather up all her stuff and put it in a box somewhere. And then when I'm ready to get rid of it, then I will. Um, but the other problem is we have other dogs. So they, it's not like we'll get rid of all their toys and stuff. And you know, so that might be, that might be harder, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, she got through it. Yeah. It just took some time. Yep. But, uh, got a new cat. But yeah, uh, the 19 year old cat, I think it'll be rough, but I don't think it'll be that bad okay. because, um, She's fucking 19. Right. Uh, <laughs> the other one, it was just so sudden, and she, he was only like six. My cat, I used to have a cat, and she would, at night, you know, talking about sleeping with the cat in your armpit, my cat would drape herself across my neck um, like a um, bow, like a, like a shawl or uh, some kind of scarf, and across the front of my neck, and her belly would be there. So her yeah. one end, I'd have her belly against my throat, and then on the other end of her, I'd have her rib cage. So then she'd start um, purring, and then the the rib cage side started uh, vibrating my neck. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's very strange. Yeah, I'm sure it was a, an odd sensation. Yeah, I don't know. She would do it in the middle of the night, and that's how I'd wake up with her purring on my neck. And then uh, I'm like, oh, my God, she could totally murder a baby and not even know it. Good Lord. Um, so what do you think? Uh, I don't have any other comics that uh, are here in my pile. Um, one of my favorite series ended, though, which was uh, um, the Fiends, uh, Imaginary Fiends book. Oh, that's over already? Yeah, it was just a short miniseries was it six issues yeah i believe so um unless they're gonna do you think they're gonna do more unless this was just the the first arc um but it seemed like it was ending but yeah i mean is would there be room maybe for another one do you know oh yeah yeah you could continue on with the story there's lots of um ways you can go with it like at the end um her friend Polly Peach Pit had to battle um, this other person. name in comics, by the way. I know. Had to go battle this other kid's imaginary friend, which is um, Freddy Cat. Um, and it was this, like, crazy Hellcat kind of thing. It was just huge. And they went in this giant battle, Polly Peach Pit, against, you know, this Freddy Cat thing. And, I don't know, it was just cool. Yeah, I mean, that was a really great comic for the first couple issues. And, again, another one that I kind of dropped, dropped off on. I'm just... I have a bad habit of doing that. I need to, <laughs> I need to scale down what I buy a week, um, because I've got right now probably six to eight series that I go and get every every week and feel like I can't get I can't stop any of them because they're too good. No, I hear you. <clears throat> I hear you. There's some that are like that for me, but I just have a. A mentality of just I can let go really easily and I can always just go back if need be. No, I'm just really good at like, no, I don't need it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm starting to get there. I'm definitely starting to get there. Like I um, stopped reading and what's her face? Snot girl. Um, for that same I re- did too. For that same reason, it doesn't it's not going anywhere. Um, and it feels like yeah. I'm, I'm reading the same issue over and over and over. 
Yeah, I really, I truly wish that um, that book had kept a better pace. Yeah. Um, with its mystery side, yeah. Because I get the kind of girly, fun blogger side, yeah. But after issue one or a story arc one, where they ended in that that cliffhanger, I felt like that was just pushed aside, and it was no longer even dealt with anymore. It hasn't been dealt with in a couple issues, and um. And that's one of my issues with it too, is Michael or not Mike Malley. I was thinking, uh, um, Brendan Leo Malley. Uh, he, um, he did so well with Scott Pilgrim, you know, and mm-hmm. I just feel like this is a, a, a fall for him, you know, step down. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see, you know, maybe, maybe it'll gain more steam later, but yeah, I mean, uh, definitely just, it hit, it hit a wall for me where I was just like, where's, where's the intrigue? Where's the mystery? Right. Yep. You know, where's all that, that, uh, that really, um, yeah, made me, made me want to read it. Exactly. And yeah, so I hear you, man. I hear you. That's exactly where I was. So, so I'm done with that one. And you know, there's a couple others too that I, oh, um, I haven't read, read, read Sonya in forever. Um, but I noticed that there is a red Sonya Tarzan issue out. Um, did you happen to page through that? No, I did not get a chance to look at that. I didn't either. It looked, it looked reasonably fun but you know it was a big week last week for me yeah there was a lot of stuff that came out last week uh, i don't know i don't know the inside scoop on what's coming out this upcoming week but i should know within the next couple of days so i'll get a kind of a head start here yeah on i'm gonna do that out. too like, i got hopefully there's some you got a couple of youtube uh, spec videos to watch and then uh also um i gotta i usually go through and check diamonds list and see what they've got coming out yeah and um if it's a small week, I'll have a lot of these free comic books to go through. Yeah. So we'll, we'll maybe I'll be able to go through these and um, that'd be, uh, like I said, if it's a small week, uh, I can bring these to our uh, that would to when we actually meet up and we can that, we can kind of do a free comic book day look at these. Yeah, that, we could do that next Saturday. That'd be awesome. Um, and that I was just thinking that would be a great theme for the episode. You know, the first episode we have following comic book day, which. Technically, this is because it's Sunday, but that's only because Free Comic Book Day um, kind of jammed up stuff for it. Um, so I think next weekend, yeah, definitely, it definitely jammed some stuff up for us for sure. And so, um, yeah, next week I think that's a good idea just to do a free the the free comic books uh, reviews of those. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'll have to unless find... there's something huge that week that we just need to talk about. Yeah, I'm gonna have to find some copies of those. Um, I can bring mine too. So yeah, and I'll give them a quick read. So, yeah. John, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I uh, just want to say I appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, one more big shout out to uh, Prentice Rollins for doing the show with us uh, the other week. It was a fantastic show and uh, really cool to pick somebody's mind who's uh, not only knee deep in the industry but just kind of molded by it. That's what so I. Really, that's really what cool. I felt too. I got out of that. You know, it was just for me more than talking about the new book. It was more fun talking about the industry. Um, obviously, he's been on the major side of it and the indie side, and so it's kind of interesting the the differences. You know. Yeah, absolutely. It's and it's just weird. You know, it's um, weird how the industry has changed. You know, it used to be so uh, down to earth and like everybody had their job and everybody did this and that and then. Yep. Uh, all of a sudden it just changed to where like now artists are kind of um, pushed, pushed for 
making the process their own rather than the company's problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and that that came about because of the 20, not 20, maybe 15 years ago, the big drop in comic books. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously Iron Man brought that all back up, but um, yeah, I mean, with that drop off in the early 2000s of, of interest, um, they had to cut corners somehow. And unfortunately that fell onto the creators. Yep. Sure did. Um, anywho, I have uh, John, I didn't tell you this. I am starting guitar lessons tonight. Are you? Yep. Um, wow. I, I played guitar. I had guitar lessons as a kid and I, um, did reasonably okay. Reason, reasonably mediocre, you know? And, um, <laughs> and, uh, Anyway, I decided to, uh, I bought a, an acoustic guitar a couple weeks ago and I really wanted to get back into it. So, um, yeah, I'm starting lessons tonight. I didn't want to be one of those people that go, I taught myself how to play and I'm like doing everything wrong, you know? <laughs> I'm a badass. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been playing instruments for a long time, so I know how to read music. I know, you know, everything like tempo and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, I just need you know, more uh, mechanical lessons, you know, on, and on strumming and, and finger placings and such. Yeah, I got you. You just need to be, no, you just need to know exactly where to, you know, put the, put your stuff right. in terms of, yeah, yep. your, your finger. Yep. You need to be shown the way. Yes. Uh, so um, I'm starting that tonight at eight. So, um, we, you know, I got a little time, but I think we should wrap it up. We've been going about an hour and 18 minutes right now. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Um, Lots talk. We had a lot of fun talking about stuff, and uh, it'll be good to get back together next week. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything going on for me, so I'm pretty sure we can have a sweet sit-down uh, like the old days where we just glare at each other in the eye and, you know, bear through it. <laughs> oh, man. It's beautifully awkward. I'm just and I love it. <laughs> beautifully awkward. That that should have been the name of the show, you know. <laughs> I love it, man. That beautifully is a, awkward. That, that is a good name. <laughs> That's a great name. All right. For Smash and Grab Comics, this is Tyler sitting with the pretty boy of comics. JP. JP. I, I wasn't sure if you'd understand to say your name there. Um I did I, I almost for a second I was like, uh, yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right here. That's right here. I'm here. <laughs> All right. So I will. We will catch you guys later. Bye. Bye. All right. I have hit.